0: Alejandra.
1: I'm
2: Sam. I'm Harrison. I'm Rocky.
3: And I'm Marcello. And this is Going Helm Steep. The Middle-earth Film Series Retrospective by Talk Film Society. Episode 8: The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey, Part 1.
1: Let the arguments begin. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> We're just gonna dive
3: into it folks.
4: Um, hey. Allie, 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 I just wanna say up front, none of this is personal.
0: <laughs> I it's okay. I'm not well rested, so I have no energy to argue.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wanted to hear uh LA and Harrison just go go at it, you know. I mean,
0: <laughs> I I'm still gonna passionately support the Hobbit. I think it's amazing, but
3: I think I think the
4: arguments will really start popping up the further into this trilogy we get.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I see those arguments, like, I see those sides of the argument, so... But I still think Unexpected Journey is, like, pretty great.
3: Yeah, so why don't we start uh, a little bit before the movie itself. I want to ask quick thoughts on what you guys thought before even watching this movie, you know, coming into The Hobbit. Let's go to Ally first. do you think?
0: I mean... I was really excited. I always loved The Hobbit. Of course, I reread the book. Um, I don't. I was a little worried because, I mean, how do you follow up Lord of the Rings, right? But you know, Peter Jackson was involved, and so I, I knew we were in good hands. And I was right. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I was just excited. <laughs> I was a lot younger, and I have to say, um, I like The Hobbit started happening. When I first started getting back into Lord of the Rings, so I had like a long period where I wasn't as profoundly into it. So I was very excited.
1: Uh, Sam, what about you? So uh, there's this weird. This is just such a weird production, and you know, and not uh, like development cycle with uh, everything with Guillermo. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, that's the elephant in the room. The idea that. Uh, Guillermo was going to, Del Toro was going to direct these. And that was, you know, at the time that was when I, I was, you know, I talked about this on uh, the fellowship episode, I think about how the Lord of the Rings and then Hellboy were kind of two of the movies that got me into movies. And so that combination was kind of insane. And so when that fell through with all the drama in Guillermo's life at the time and, uh, It was just an odd situation, but again, I loved the... If it wasn't clear from the first half of the series, I love these movies, so I trusted Jackson. And and my expectations, even with the disappointment of Del Toro leaving, were still sky high. And so... But once I... And so there, there was that idea of slight disappointment when it finally did come out, but it still ended up on my... You know top 20 of that year list because I will you know it's like Star Wars like it, there's a there's just something about this series that gets me anyway uh, so I but once that once those expectations I realized were way too high I've come a long way to appreciating these movies uh, and so it was a yeah complicated
3: deal uh, Harrison, what about you?
4: So I mean, should echo a lot of what people have said. I was super excited in the run up to it. I'm still to this day a little disappointed we don't get to see we didn't get to see what Del Toro wanted to do with it. Um but like I don't really have anything new to add. Like I was on board with the trilogy stuff pretty much from day one. Like, yeah it's a book that doesn't have a whole lot in it but if you just uh, straight up adapted what was there, you get like an hour long cartoon so I was pretty much good with the trilogy stuff to begin with, so I
0: will be asking you if you think that the stuff they added was mm-hmm. n- necessarily bad but we'll talk about that later
3: mm-hmm. Rocky, what about you? Your, your thoughts pre-watching the movie and it being announced and you before you seeing it
2: Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where, you know, to to echo what Sam said, I was definitely, like, bummed out when Del Toro left. But when Peter said that he was going to pick it back up himself, that made me happy. Because who knows this world better than fucking Peter Jackson? You know what I mean? And his whole team over at Weta and all that stuff. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. He's going to knock it out because he knows how to make these big-ass movies. And so if they would have put somebody else in there, I would have been really bummed out. And then I would have seen, like, how it would have played out, you know, that would have been a different alternate reality i guess but i think peter jackson did a good job with what he had you know he had to come into this production he was scrambling a bit and i think it's fine i mean it got kind of unfairly beat up i think i think the this film in particular the first one uh it plays just fine um i saw it in the high frame rate in theaters i saw the extended one at home i rewatched it for this and was not mad at it at all you know i, I really like the casting i really like the character so Leading up to it, though, to answer your question, it was a weird mixed bag of emotions. It truly was. But when Peter came back, I was like, yeah, I'm with this. I'll go see it. And sure enough, it felt like a Peter Jackson movie. You know, there's a lot of funny ass horror beats in here and silly ass visual gags. You know, it's straight up his movie, you know, like you could feel it. It's not like it doesn't feel like he had to, like, direct somebody else's work. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely feels like his work. So I don't know. I'm fine with it.
3: Uh, we don't need to get into my feelings about it. We can jump into the movie itself. Um, so, <laughs> I can't, well hold on no, a second. I'm kidding. Listen, <laughs> I, I think I said this in the in the intro episode, seemingly like six months ago. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this Hobbit trilogy, but I don't know. I was, you know, for lack of a better word, disappointed by, uh, by this. Let, let's start with this one in particular. Yeah, okay. I saw the high frame rate. Came out of it thinking, "Well, that was not what I expected. It was unexpected." Um, and I, yeah, I, and I was happy to sit down and watch it for this podcast, for this series. It's my first time watching the extended version. And yes, we're watching the extended version of each of these movies uh, for this series. Uh, and yeah, that's that's where I am. Um, uh, I was excited when Del Toro was on board, but then you know, disappointed you know, like like we've said. Um, but I was eager to, to jump back into Peter Jackson's world and mix results, I should say, on my end. Um, but yeah, I'm eager to see it again, okay? Well, and we're, we're going to talk about The Hobbit and Unexpected Journey Part 1, okay? We saw roughly the first 90 minutes of this extended version. Um, and let's talk about the movie itself, guys. Here we go. We're, we're, we're finally here. Okay. Now, much like The Fellowship of the Ring uh, many, many movies ago, this one starts with a prologue, too. I forgot about this.
0: Parallels.
3: Yeah, parallels. Uh, And also I should mention um, the opening shot before we jump into the prologue. Very striking for me. Um, And I guess we could talk about the high frame rate here and there. But this is the first high frame rate movie I saw. Well, I think I don't, even, I don't even... I don't know the history of high frame rate. Was this like the first... Did you
1: see, yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you, did you see it first? Like, did you... Your time in theater was in high frame rate?
3: Yeah, my first and only time watching this movie was in high frame rate in a theater. Same. Yeah.
1: So that's an interesting... Because I I saw it first in uh, IMAX in just, you know, regular... In you know, 24. Uh, and then I went to see it again in high frame rate. And I'm actually really glad. And it's weird because this year... I had a great experience with high frame rate with uh, Gemini Man, and so it was kind of, I was not expecting that because I had a pretty bad experience with this in high frame rate, and I it's weird because except the the nature scenes look amazing, like the on location stuff is incredible, but the but the uh, excuse me the uh, stuff on sets just looked fake faky to me, and I honestly I'm just really glad I saw it traditionally uh first
3: yeah it's it's striking because like i'm pretty sure this was the first high frame rate you know why release film and i was eager to see it in that uh in in that technology the way peter jackson wanted to to show it and that first shot of like the the the, the candle being lit it, it really takes you into that hey high frame rate state of mind because seeing fire in particular in high frame rate striking Oh, yeah, that so looks good. great, especially so like with
1: Bilbo walking through that like that looks really good. Like the lighting looks great, but then it's just some of the, especially the action scenes, just looked weird to me, uh, which we can get into later when we get to the yeah uh, goblin king stuff in part two. But
3: yeah, because overall, some of it worked for me, but then other other parts, I'm like, yeah, this, this seems like like Sam, you're saying it's a bit bit too fake for me, and the action, some of it looked. Amazing in high frame rate, but, yeah, otherwise, I don't know. Not impressed. I did not see the other films uh, in high frame rate. Uh, I was I was content with just seeing this, and that was that was it. Until I saw Gemini Man, and I enjoyed Gemini Man in high frame rate. Anyway, I don't think it's the you know, the wave of the future, as many no. would think.
1: But uh, this is the Hobbit podcast. Yeah, but this is Hobbit I podcast. know Harrison feels strongly <laughs> in the other direction. Yeah, you you, not-
3: I, yeah Harrison, you, you, you can defend the high frame rate, right?
4: So, I mean, nothing you're saying is wrong. Uh, I I'm just a sucker for like shit that feels like a different so the fact that like like and, hmm. so the stuff on sets looking like sets actually was part of the appeal to me like you could see the artifice kind of being worn away and like it's part of why I'm like when I did theater my pref- my like I really like theater in the round because like you kind of don't have any leeway on like artifice there you have to just make it work because everyone knows that they're watching a production uh and like film film is like the goal for a lot of special effects is to make you forget that you're watching something fake and artificial but like the fact that you were able to see that on sets really
3: engaged me in a weird way i can i can see that yeah i I get that point of view i don't know i'm just so used to just Watching you know, movies through twenty four frames a second, having that disconnect. I enjoy that disconnect.
2: <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Do you think it do you seriously think it's because like, you know, you've watched films in twenty four frames, I don't know, like your whole life?
3: Yeah. Literally. And like
2: yeah. <laughs> watching this new special effect
1: is just like, uh what? Like Well I imagine don't... I am, I always think I link it back to like people not to get too far into this, but like people watching Movies in Technicolor for the first time, like how mm-hmm. what of a much of a mind fuck would that have been? Like you know, you've been watching movies for thirty years a certain way, and then suddenly, holy shit, here we go! You know, it's just and like, do you, do you guys know why twenty four was settled on as the standard?
3: Why is that?
4: No. so it was it it was easier for the manual camera operators to keep time. Like that was the easiest way to keep time. They would set up metronomes and they would crank in time. With the beat, and it would come out to about eighteen to twenty-four frames per second, and that just kind of became the standard because that's what people got used to. Fascinating. Yeah, it's pre- it's entirely arbitrary.
3: <laughs> well then, um, yeah, it's just because <laughs> I've seen so many movies that way. That's just what I'm just that's what I'm used to. So yeah, um, I don't know if 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 this had become like more like um like like let's say jackson and company had the the capability to you know go the Cameron route and push this in theaters like uh mm-hmm. like 3d you know who's to say how i'd feel that way if i saw more movies in high frame rate if if you know more people like ang lee you know got a hold of it faster uh and and had you know you know ways to use it not just fantasy movies or action movies but other movies i don't know i know i should mention Wait,
0: did this not come out in 3d
3: it, it did. did yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying so. I, uh, along with like because like 3D you know it got pushed by Cameron you know right after Avatar or before Avatar and it became you know a, a standard right and I'm saying mm. if, if high frame rate became that sort of standard too along with you know you have an option you go you see a movie in 2D or high frame rate you know if imagine if that had become a thing and you know Guillermo del Toro or you know Spielberg had used high frame rate I don't know it'd be a different world um um, what was my point? Oh, I, sh- I should mention Billy Lynn. Seeing that in high frame rate on 4K Blu-ray, actually pretty damn good. That's like my favorite high frame rate usage of the of the of the you know uh, uh, a few I've seen. So yeah, you know.
2: You want to you want to know why Billy Lynn works versus like most of that shit is because there's there's nothing crazy in that film. There is an action sequence in that film but there's nothing like moving too fast and there's nothing, yeah. you know, there's no, r- like, rapid movement constantly. Like, the thing about these films is they're action-adventure films, so there's always going to be an action set piece, like Radagast and his, you know, sled <laughs> of rabbits and shit, like, whatever. It's insane that, like, they haven't figured out to just, like, stop moving so fucking much. So just, like,
4: I, mm, I, I disagree with you on that one, Rocky. I disagree because the chases in Gemini man fucking work in a high frame rate. Um, Because like those, like I think it comes down to the, the animation and I didn't want to talk about this now. I wanted to save it for the goblin King, but since we're here uh, (laughs) animation being so much more difficult when you're doing it at 60 frames a second, you have to literally double the work that you're doing as opposed to 24 more than double it in place, almost triple it. Um, So you end up having like, you end up having to animate way more stuff, and if you're not planning for that, it looks blurry. Which is why, like all the CG stuff in this, at high frame rate,
3: looks like a mess. But yeah, see, it's it's good that we talked about it because we had to talk about it. You know, yeah, like, but yes. now let's talk about the replay. <laughs> <Well>, let's
1: talk <laughs> about the, <excellent> <laughs> movie, <laughs> the actual <laughs> story. Yeah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> the prologue. Going back to the prologue.
1: So I love seeing. I love see and this is again, we're talking about the extended editions, and so I love. I just. I can't not love seeing uh, Elijah Wood and Ian Holm together again. Like, that just kicks to my heart. And the fucking Shire score and the, the set, it's just, it warms my heart and it always will.
0: He also hasn't aged <laughs> at all.
3: No, Elijah Wood? No. he's Yeah, looks 12. He's immortal. <laughs> I mean, do, do you guys know offhand how old he is? I don't know. He's I like, think
0: he's like 33 ah, or something. I'm guessing he's like
3: Early 30s I'm guessing he's 40. 12. No, no,
0: <laughs> no! He rides scooters. <laughs> hey, people! He's, 38. Our- he's thirty-eight. He's thirty-eight. He just
4: looked it up. Thirty-eight.
0: See? Yeah, I just looked it up.
4: He that was still looks like he's
3: twelve. Yeah. Yes,
0: that's a compliment.
4: Yeah.
3: I I I loved uh, seeing him back in his Die. his old getup because um, at this point it had been what like nine years since uh, Return mm-hmm. of the King, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Um, Is this
1: your first time seeing? The extended edition, Marcello? Yes, absolutely.
3: Um, and when we talk about differences between the theatrical and extended, I'll have I'll adhere to you guys because I have no idea. I have if no I idea.
4: recall correctly, the whole framing narrative stuff was in theatrical.
1: I, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I've seen these these movies. These are the, I haven't seen the extended. These I just recently saw the extended editions last year when I did a rewatch. So I don't know enough about the differences either. So. Which is fine. That it's not. It's not that. It's not that fun to listen to. Honestly, talking about the differences. Yeah, so. you're right.
3: Uh, according to my math, there's about 13 minutes added to the extended edition uh, versus the theatrical. Um, and I, honestly, I could. I could tell maybe one or two scenes were extended. We'll talk about those later. I go. Oh, that feels added. Maybe that's not needed. But yeah, we'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. Um, okay. And
2: Eric Vespy got added to the extended editions.
3: Oh, did he? <laughs> yep. Uh, which, during which scenes?
2: He wraps up the fish in the very beginning of the film and gives it to um, mm, Bilbo. Mm-hmm.
3: Ah, nice. Nice little... It's, it's,
2: it's when he's kind of ducking uh, Gandalf. He thinks he sees Gandalf in the crowd, but it's like, you know, just a bunch of shit folded up to look like his hat. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, he's like, ooh!
3: <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's a nice little factoid. Yeah, but no, I, I love the framing device. I do. And I, I do remember that being in the, um, in the, the, in the theatrical version for sure. Having in home back and 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 framing this from that his birthday party and Fellowship of the Ring, I love all that, I do. And then he tells the story, which is the is the is the epic story, you know, that is the backbone of this entire trilogy. Um, so, some explain to me what happens. <laughs> There's a lot going on, I, guys. I'm gonna have a problem if if you think I had a problem in the last. Episodes of me remembering names—it's gonna be worse this time.
1: <laughs> you don't know all of the dwarves' names by heart. <laughs> a movie okay, honestly, once? honestly, I'll be totally
0: honest. I don't even remember who's who sometimes. Honestly, I, I'm we're guessing, just part of the point.
3: I think. I'm guessing. The book. I'm guessing so one works. i guessing one person here on this on this uh, podcast knows all of them by heart, right? <laughs> Harrison?
2: Thorin, Balin, Dwalin, Bifer, Bofur, Bomber, Feely, Kili, Owen, Gloin,
1: Nori, Dori, and Ori, I believe.
0: So I remember their names, I just don't know who the fuck is supposed to be who
1: all the time. <laughs> which, yeah, which I kind of, I like because, uh, I, I like all of them, and I think they're especially honestly, I, I can't recommend the appendices enough for this, because it honestly yeah. made me love them more, and it's uh, like, just knowing the that Backstory and knowing how much the you know, how well they got along. and Listen, uh, the
4: the only ones that I know by sight are Thorin, and that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know Thorin and Horace. Feely because he's hot.
4: Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Ke- Keely and Feely are the hot ones, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
3: So b- before we even meet them, uh, I want to talk about that prologue in which. Uh, good old the, the the good old dragon Smaug comes in and just rains fire on the the, the dwarf kingdom.
1: I adore the sequence. I think it's awesome. It's part of one of those where they, uh, again, fantasy is telling me that they didn't ha- they hadn't settled on what uh, Smaug was gonna look like yet, and so, but it honestly works really well for this scene. Yeah, I agree. It adds to the mystery and like that he's just we just see this uh malevolence of his like the effects he has like we see his tail but we mostly just see fire and it just makes it uh creepy and uh so and it's great i
2: think i think it's awesome too actually the whole the whole shit looks incredible uh from from where the dwarves live to the way they mine things and like their society and the way they're like fuck you elves uh (laughs) all that stuff is, like, really cool to me. And, again, like, I agree with what you said. The dragon and its uh, mystique. It's, like, you get this... Uh, you get a vibe, but you know it's, like, the worst thing in the world. You know? You could just tell. Like, it's, like... It's enough to kick them out of their home. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, this huge-ass world, you know, that they've, you know, developed for themselves. So, I don't know. The intro is great.
0: <laughs> I just love when they do this shit where they, like, show us history... Or the history of the world, it feels like it, the, you're getting this storybook read to you. I mean, and I guess you ultimately are, but that's what I love so much about it.
1: And there's a shot in this that of one of the dwarves that made me, in a good way, like think like it was like a cartoon character, and I kind of like that cause it, Right. It just felt like to me like, because uh, Jackson was very influenced by those animated films, and so like I, I like that it's almost like really going clear, like very much saying I'm influenced by this. And it, to me, it, it might not have been. Uh, purposeful or not but it just to me it, I, I like that little touch
3: did, uh, did we ever say we were going to talk about those animated films I think
1: we did maybe right don't don't make me do that <laughs> well, well, no.
3: well, well, well now we have to you
4: want to hear cranky Harrison <laughs> no. for three
3: hours Ugh. it won't be a three hour thing I don't know Ugh. I've never seen them so I don't know <laughs> okay, listen. The, so- the songs are good that's about it <laughs> uh one thing i honestly don't remember how i felt when i first watched this but this time even watching the prologue i'm like hey that thorn guy (laughs) he's a he's a a cool character and i I would
0: let him hit me in the face
1: (laughs) (laughs) honestly same Armitage well. is awesome this. He really... Duh. He fucking owns in this movie. These movies.
0: We're referring to him as Dick Arms for the remainder of this. <laughs> <laughs> did you
1: say so Dick sounds. Arms?
4: Dick
0: Arms.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Richard. I,
4: think, I, thought, I heard Armitage. Dick Long. I don't know. <laughs> this, the Skype connection's
2: kind of weird over here.
4: I mean, ho- hopefully, but for now, we're calling him Dick Arms. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh,
3: his name's Richard.
4: Dick Arms.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, one reason why I'm, I'm, I'm like, yes, he's a good character right away, because like... You see his like arc right away in that prologue, and I just I, I'm rewatching the movie now, like on silent in the background, and like he's like after that chaos and smog you know, destroys his village, he's like furious and he's like a uh, 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 you know making a sword and angry and like hitting it with a hammer on the on the anvil. That's,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> There's this amazing shot of him uh, watching his grandpa go insane, and he like backs into the shadows. Like I'm like, yeah, that this movie, you know, Jackson. I have problems with these movies but i still love them overall but like the jackson still knows what the fuck he's doing and it's clear in shots like that
3: so any more thoughts on this prologue before we move ahead
2: yeah fuck that job when you hold up the the stone or whatever it is and those two huge ass mallets like bash it like that like fuck, <laughs> mm-hmm. fuck, that job like whatever dwarf has that job nah man like that's like the punishment job you know what i'm saying like I wonder how many, like, fucked up, like, phalanges exist in the dwarf communities, thanks to that position down there. You couldn't hold it up with, like, some tongs? Like, y'all couldn't develop tongs? Like, what the fuck, man?
4: Also, highly impractical. Someone's gotta reset those hammers every
1: goddamn time.
2: Fam, that job sucks. Like, whoever made it, developed it, and has to work it, all garbage.
1: Where uh, Where are the unions here? Let's go
2: unionized
4: dwarf labor (laughs) seize the means of production let's go also I do have one serious thing Um, it's not a horse but Thranduil's big uh, deer that he rides in on for a little bit uh, made me (laughs) emotional
2: Dude, I, I actually love the fact that like you know Armistice is like help us, and my man Lee Pace is like mm, nah. <laughs> He's like, he like, I remember that jewel. Ju- I remember the jewels earlier, son. You you were trying to give me them jewels, and you straight up <laughs> closed the case. You brought them out. Showed them to me and then was like, nah. He literally
0: <laughs> came all that way just to be like, huh, no. It like, real. The, the petty is so strong.
4: Watchmen being in the cultural consciousness again fucked me up for that moment. I'm just like, ah, oh, you're, you're just role playing Rorschach right now. Just like <laughs> with looking down, whispering, no. Just like, all right, cool. Peace. He, he,
2: lit- he literally got on his fucking.
4: Uh,
2: what is the deer elk <laughs> thing with all the antlers and was like, I'm out. Like, I'm out. He's like, I
4: ain't fucking with y'all. <laughs> brought, brought my whole army here. Right. Now we're going home. He's like, fire? Alright, guys. <laughs> Dragon? Alright, y'all, that's our exercise for the week. Let's walk back to Mirkwood.
0: <laughs> it's called Mirkwood because they murk people when they ignore them.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, just like how uh great the casting is throughout uh just like as in the first movies uh it's true here uh lee pace rules uh, in this movie like i especially it just reminds me of how wasted he was in the marvel movies like dude needs to have shit to do and needs to strut you know like he doesn't need to be a bland guy in blue face paint like you need to show this is a tall otherworldly beautiful beautiful man like let's let's let him uh show flowing capes and have big fucking crown. Like, let's go.
3: Yeah, and this first half, he's only in it for like uh, a few seconds. But
1: even... Yeah, then, he's I'm not really in it until... Yeah, number yeah, two. Yeah. We're, we're really good to do him, but... No, but
3: I was going to say, even then, I'm like, oh, it's that guy. That's right. It's Lee Pace. Um, I like that guy. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I I liked him in Guardians of the Galaxy. I did. Um, even though uh, I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, but no, in Captain Marvel... What the fuck happened there?
1: <laughs> um, anyway,
3: in terms of his character, I mean. Anyway, um, casting. Okay, so yes, Ian Holmes is back. I'm glad he's back. Um, Ian McKellen is back as Gandalf. Yes. Um, we'll talk about the dwarves in a minute, but the, the 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 big casting, you know, the lead of this of this trilogy. Yep. Martin Freeman. Yep, yep. Fucking Oba. perfect. Let's go My around boy. the table. Okay, <laughs> Sam, you say perfect. How so? Yeah,
1: I, I won't use that word as much nearly as much as I did. In the in the first half of the series, but I, I don't believe Freeman you. just <laughs> amazing. Uh, it just and I love how he's not doing. He could have come in and just tried to do an imitation of uh, Ian Holm, and he does a couple of moments where like gets that vibe. But it's also this is a young Bilbo, right? This is sixty years older before his journey mm-hmm. and before the ring started fucking with his mind. Like this is a, and he just nails it. And there's these little especially this, this scene with him and Gandalf is just I, I kind of knew right away that like, okay, here we go. We got it. This is a great, uh, great Bilbo.
3: Yeah. I'm, I have it on the background. It's, it's perfectly cut too. like, uh, you don't see, you know, the, 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 the Martin Freeman Bilbo until you seem just smoke it on the chair and just, and then his first interactions with Gandalf. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like you said, Sam, this is, this, this works. I, I, I love Freeman in this. Um, Rocky, what do you think of Freeman as...
2: 15 out of 10, man. He's perfect. Like, he, he is so well cast in this film. Like, he delivers, like, on all the comedic beats, all the dramatic beats. He It's what you just said. He's not aping uh, what Ian Holm did. He's got, like, flavors of it, but he's still being Martin Freeman. You know, he's still using his voice. He's not trying to, like, you know, switch up the accent or anything uh and you like him like he's like he's like a little shit like when Gandalf first (laughs) shows up you know he he gets he gets humbled throughout this whole experience you know and becomes something greater than what he started as and that's the whole point I think of any arc any adventure any journey and um I love him in this I love when he faints in his house I love how like how pissed off he is that all these dwarves are in his home and like I love the fact that he's like good morning Gandalf and he's like how the fuck are you going to good morning me? You know me. You know, like, that, I, I like I like all of that stuff, dude. Like, and again, Freeman sells it. Freeman just has that comedic timing that he can deliver with his not only full body acting, but, like, just in a face. Just in a facial expression or the way his eyes dart around. You're like, he kills it. Like, he absolutely kills it. And if even if I hated these movies, I would literally say Freeman is great and so well cast. And uh, I think that's the magic of this whole um, trilogy. And what I like about it the most is actually the casting. I think they nailed everything. I like yeah, I everybody. I like everybody
3: so much. Uh, Ale, your thoughts?
0: Well, I agree with Rocky. I think that I really think that he is the movie or like the trilogy because I never got tired of seeing him on screen. And I do think that they cast him very intelligently. I think they knew that kind of making him... <laughs> I don't know what word I would use to describe him. He's kind of hoity-toity, but (laughs) I like that. But I agree with Rocky, I think the casting is basically the most perfect thing in this trilogy and I think it's why I keep watching it so much because I feel like these characters are real. And I did feel that with Lord of the Rings, but I don't know why I feel it so much more with this trilogy. It's probably because-
2: I think they had to like recreate the magic right we're going back to middle earth right so you need to kind of like nail it it's like we all love legolas and gimli and like we we mm-hmm. love those characters and we all agree that they're very well cast and so to return back to that world and have them nail it again as far as casting that's a miracle like it's an absolute miracle i think like and props to whoever the casting agent or person is like you know they they killed it because they had to start from scratch. You literally got it. Like the only person you got is Ian Holm, Gandalf, and Elijah. Everyone else is seriously like recast. You got to get a Radagast. You got to get a Thorin. You got to get everybody. And again, they're all great. Like they're all fucking perfect. Especially Martin Freeman. Yeah, agreed.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Harrison now. Same question, but also I want to talk about the book. We don't have to talk <laughs> a lot about the book right now, but I just want to talk in particular. Uh-huh. Of the character in the book, um, it,
4: it's it's spot on, spot on, it's fucking yeah. spot on. Like it's it's incredible. But like the the sequence with Gandalf and Bilbo just on the porch meeting for the first time, it's it is ex- like they they lifted a lot of the dialogue straight out of the book for that one. And one McKellen's delivery of. Uh, and Gandalf means me is like pitch perfect and exactly how it should be, but just Freeman's entire cadence and rhythm and posture and everything about him just it 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 is more Bilbo in The Hobbit than Bilbo in Lord of the Rings because they're almost two different characters, right? Um, but like that sequence is good and all, but for me, he doesn't really become Bilbo, like, convincingly, until the dwarves start pouring into his house. At which point I'm like, nope, I see, yep, nope, I see it. I see the anxiety, I see the panic, I see the, like, just get the fuck out of my house, I don't want people around. Which, mood, insane. Um <laughs> But, like, the moment that, that like, seals it for me is just watching him pour over the contract and just hearing him go, last serve." (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i'm like that yep okay we're in it that yep and then from there on it's like yeah no this is this is bilbo
3: so i'm gonna mention i can't believe the movie mother is just a remake of the sequence in which the dwarves show up at uh bilbo's house (laughs)
1: They break her sink. I yeah. mean,
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Going Home Steep. Everybody, uh, we're done here.
3: We're done. I only, I only wrote down one joke, and that was the joke. I just want to say that
4: um, mother did
2: have some great cheese wheels. So yes.
0: that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so let's about this sequence, okay? And yet, oh, oh, you know, okay, you know, right before then, I I love the interaction between uh, Gandalf and Bilbo, and like, uh, you know, about. Uh, being uh, you know uh, him, Bilbo being a part of an adventure. He's like, no, no way. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> <It's laughs> like, I, I, I I I I had this feeling. I remember now watching it for the first time. I'm like, why exactly is is it Bilbo? Like why why go to Bilbo? He doesn't seem like the one to go on an adventure. But do I buy it? Especially at the end of all this, I'm like, oh yes, it makes complete sense. It's because um, I think the characters sell it. The actors sell it. Uh, and you, you buy Bilbo in the beginning, just saying, "No, I don't want to do this. I kind of feel the same way. I don't want to go on an adventure. I just want to stay home and like eat fish. Leave me alone." <laughs> uh, but you definitely get that sense here when the dwarves show up, and he is very bothered by all this. Let's let's talk about the sequence when all the dwarves show up.
1: So it's, yeah, I want to uh... because people like I remember, especially my friends, like talking about how it's way too long. I'm like. No, give me... I would watch an hour and a half of this shit. Seriously. Yeah, yep. like it 100%. Just, it's, it's so good. It's like the... Because, first of all, Bag End looks amazing. And the fact that they had to recreate it, like they had to rebuild it because they didn't build them to last the first time, is awesome. Like the fa- how just on the production level, like it looks the same. It's amazing. But just dwarves hanging out, eating too much food, singing songs in a, you know, perfect set. Like give it to me.
3: <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, Harrison, your thoughts on the sequence, which the door show up.
4: It is masterful use of short and efficient uh, characterization. Like we get little vignettes of every single one of them. So we know what their deal is pretty much all, like right off the bat. It helps that a lot of these dwarves are pretty one note. Like, there's the guy <laughs> whose whole deal is he's hard of hearing and has the ear trumpet. And then there's, uh, I think it's Bomber. He likes food. So he's big and round and jovial. But then also, like, the introduction of dwalin and Balin right off the bat, like, you understand their dynamic, you understand the relationship, you understand who each of them are. And then, like, Thorin is dark and edgy because he showed up late and it's dark outside, so he's sad. Which is being extremely reductive. Um, But I like the fact that we pretty much understand everybody from the way they're introduced... And how they interact around the table. And also, these dwarves came with a beat that slaps and I'm into it.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> like just the start of Blood and the Knives, where they're just like banging the banging on the table and clinking the knives and plates together. Like, someone sample that, make it
3: a beat, please. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> right. fine right, I could do, do it before the end of this episode um, <laughs> right challenge is centered <laughs> Allie your thoughts on, on this sequence
0: I, the, I'll i be honest when I saw this and as soon as Feely and Keely came to the door I was like I stan I just stan mm-hmm. because I don't know you could just tell that this would be about exactly what the first trilogy would be about like about friendship and brotherhood and I this is gonna be a little bold of me to say but even as soon as we saw them come through you know the little hobbit hole i knew that this would kind of deliver on that a little bit better than lord of the rings <laughs> it's a little <laughs> it's a little bold but wow. I, have, I have a Wait, supporting uh, argument
3: ali i want you to say that again but slower <laughs>
4: no (laughs) someone's gonna that'll be on my I have left this call before I will (laughs) leave this call again
0: um okay maybe not a little bit better but maybe just as good or just as well I I don't know I don't know what it is about this movie I feel like the dwarves the brotherhood and like the kinship is that a word
2: the kinship
0: that we see among them is some of the most beautiful shit I've ever seen and I do think we get that in Lord of the Rings like interrace interracially but i'd like seeing it amongst the
4: dwarves themselves
0: because i don't know i feel like we didn't get much dwarf shit in lord of the rings
4: and also just like in fantasy in general dwarves aren't ever like super deeply explored outside of stuff like i think dragon age is the only thing that i can think of that really explores dwarves a whole bunch
0: well, I didn't really know any of that, but I now that you have pointed it out, like, I, yeah, I think that's one hundred percent accurate. And so I really, I mean, I just love that whole kinship thing. And like, <laughs> Ed Sheeran made the song for the second the second um, movie, which we'll talk about. But that song kind of encapsulates how I feel. About the dwarves themselves, and so yeah, the scene kind of introduced that, and so I do think it was perfectly done.
3: I forgot that was a thing. Thank you for. It was for good as fuck. Okay, I I don't it's remember. It's a good song, but so Calm down, everyone. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> I don't like Ed Sheeran. I don't like him. Um, <laughs> that song's good. good. Okay, um, so good. <laughs> I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it. Um, I'll just say real quick before I toss it to Rocky and his thoughts, and like uh, he he messaged the 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 DM group about the song. We'll talk about that. Here in a bit, but I was I, I, I'm i I'm more sold on this than it was before, I think. Hm. I don't I honestly can't tell Love them apart. That. I can't name them. Um but I think it's what Harrison said earlier. You get like these quick quirks right away. Isn't there one with like a axe in his head? Right? That <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, they nailed the they nailed the costuming and the, the look of them and how they're all very distinct that like not knowing their name doesn't matter. Like you just know oh I can look at this guy, I know who he is, I know what the what the dynamic between them is and some of them are the guy with the accent of his head is basically a comic thing but then also he has genuine great action moments later on so it's i, I think it's great
3: yeah and i i buy that friendship I, I buy that they're like that they're in this group and they you know they get along despite them all being very different so yes i'm on board I like this. And that one... The moment when, like, um, there's already four in the house, and then Bobo opens the door and, like,
1: what, ten more, you know, you know fall yeah. through. And then Gandalf <laughs> leans in. Yeah, it's great. It's a, yeah. it's a great beat. It's good.
0: It's so crazy to know that he wasn't actually, like, there.
1: That's right. Seriously.
3: <laughs> we, yep. we And I thought about that as... um as I was watching this this scene, we talked about this maybe a few episodes ago.
2: That's what I was going to bring up when you tossed it to me. <laughs> yeah, Rocky,
3: Rocky, talk about it.
2: I was just going to say, like this this whole sequence is for me, for my money, like wonderful, like absolutely wonderful. Like the, the setting, uh, you're familiar with that house, you know. We've been there before, and to introduce new characters in such a way was, I thought, it was very well done. You know, especially with the song and the stacking of the plates, all that stuff is special, and then this whole sequence as as special as it is it broke down sir ian (laughs) McKillen. it made him cry because he hated filming it he hated fucking making the scene and yet it came out so well (laughs) and that makes me laugh because it makes it makes you dig in your brain you're like damn i wonder how many other phenomenal movie sequences like i love and rave about were just fucking hated like by the actor that was making it you know what i mean uh, and there's probably thousands upon thousands of those. So especially in special effect driven stuff like this. But um, so yeah, familiar setting. It made Sir Ian McKellen cry, which is funny. And the the final beat is the one I was talking about in our in our you know DMS was that that song that the dwarves sing. It's it's goosebumps. It's it's tears. It's 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 incredible. That song is incredible. Like the way they harmonize with each other and the way they start standing up. To like sing it with each other, and the way it cuts to the chimney and the embers coming out of it, oh, fuck, fuck off, dude. That shit's great. Like it is so so good. Um, it made me want to go on this adventure. You know what I'm saying? Like you really understood their plight and what they had to deal with. It's great. That's all I gotta say. Like that that whole opening sequence is lovely, dude. A big fan.
0: I agree.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm on board. Now there are maps, right? And, like, they have to go on this mission to this mountain.
1: Yeah, and Gandalf's got this key that his, his uh, key. <laughs> dad gave him, or that Torn's dad gave him. Yeah. I think it's a good setup. And they need a burglar. That's, that's what yeah, we're going they, to do. They, yeah, they, they need a burglar.
3: And, like, apparently Bilbo is the perfect one, I guess, according to Gandalf. Ga- I, 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 going back to that, like, him being asked to go on this adventure, he doesn't want to. But Gandalf sees something in him. I, I picked that up for, for the first time uh, now I'm like oh I, I love that angle I do I don't know how much of it is like this is the screenwriters here or how much of it is in the book but I'm, I'm like in love with that like somebody who who just who's you know kind of randomly just picked and go you're gonna go on this adventure that you, know, you, you, you have a you know you have a lineage that is, that's important but, and you don't really feel like you should go on this adventure, but you're going to go, and you're going to love it. <laughs> and Bilbo's like, fuck me, I guess I'll go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love this setup. And mm-hmm. what else can we say leading up to uh, Bilbo... Accepting this uh, this quest, this mission, signing. Shout
2: shout out to that contract. The prop of the contract is phenomenal. Like, I love the fact that it drops down so far, but then there's like this sidebar that it gets to. (laughs) The side flap is seriously one of the best jokes in the movie. I'm like, I love that prop. I like, if seriously, if I was directing this thing and the prop dude came up to me with that thing, I would have just cried laughing. I would have been like, "This is perfect." Like, thank you, and I would have kissed him.
3: Uh, That's the headline. Uh, Rocky kisses prop man. Um, (laughs) um, But yes, the song. uh, Does anybody else want to say anything about the song before we move on? It slaps. It slaps. It
0: slaps so hard. (laughs) Like it's going to be my ringtone from now on. did i tell you guys about how i had like concerning hobbits as my ringtone and everyone and like my alarm in the morning so whenever i'm on vacation with my friends and the alarm goes off everyone fucking makes fun of me because they think it's a titanic or some shit
4: and then you start (laughs) and then you start crying because you start thinking about the shire
0: exactly exactly so fuck that i had to change it because i didn't want people to think i was a titanic stan even though i am (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm gonna make it this one now
3: yeah, I think we barely mentioned it before on this episode, but yes, Howard Shore is back doing the score for this. Oh, Fucking yes. MVP
1: again, man. He's just Yeah. Unreal. Most
3: most of the time. What do you mean most of the time? Harrison, Harrison, the, there are get some, the some pretty big mm, we'll
4: we'll talk about this next week. There's a pretty big sound cue fuck up. Like really big.
3: What the, I don't okay, I'm gonna write this down. I'm gonna make sure we're talking about it. I'm gonna write down <laughs> Harrison is wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong.
0: I think this is very telling about how wrong he is, in his opinion, about (laughs) the Hobbit trilogy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about it in the next
4: episode. None (laughs) None of the music itself is bad. It is the way that it is used that sometimes is questionable.
3: Mm, okay, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but no, I'm I'm with uh, the, the the good guys here that says uh, that they're saying Howard Shore is amazing in this trilogy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. Yes, it's the the themes are uh, uh, he he reuses some themes, but then he also adds a new touch to them when when he reuses them it's they're not just flat out like the same there's there's these like unique flourishes in there that make them you know original to the hobbit
1: trilogy well and he wasn't the uh, this might we'll get talked later but i'm pretty sure he wasn't the conductor on this one like he composed the music but he didn't but maybe he didn't do it in the original i need to watch the appendices for the original trilogy again but uh, that might have something to do with it but we'll talk about that later I'll talk about that later
3: Ha, uh, good old Bilbo accepts. He has. A well, cla- he doesn't. Oh no, he doesn't accept in the beginning. He doesn't accept. No, no, no. He's like no. And then they sing their song. Then he wakes up and they're gone. He looks at the contract. He goes, maybe I should. Then he thought about that song again.
2: Like, like, <laughs> Man, that shit was fire. The song was banging. Goddamn.
1: Well, and it's a great. It's a great edit too of him like looking at it and then shit and then just sprinting. It's, it's great. Yeah. And then classic hobbits thinking is crazy and. Like, where's this dude running? We don't run. We're habits.
3: Yes, he accepts. He says, I'm going on an adventure. He proceeds to go on that adventure. And that's where we end it. Uh, next episode, we'll talk more about it. No. Uh, then, then he goes on the adventure. Then he's with these guys.
0: Can I fucking just point out my favorite part of the entire trilogy is when he forgets his handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> he's like,
1: oh, Stop. gotta go back. I it. You
4: gotta, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> turn around. I turn around. <laughs>
1: We've and been they, traveling they, for they, half a like, day, but I need that goddamn handkerchief.
4: And they, like, toss him at the, they, like, toss him a torn piece of a sleeve. It's all gross. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, you nah. <laughs> know,
0: So funny. This is a lot funnier than Lord of the Rings. Even though Lord of the Rings is pretty funny at some points, I think the overall tone of this is a lot more whimsical. And little moments like this right. kind of establish that, and especially I think that's the, another reason I really like it.
1: Yeah, especially the first one, which is very much the tone of you know, it's a, it's a children's book and it's a children's mm-hmm. like it, right and it works and really well and I I get that there's some controversy of how later on but whatever but here yeah it works really well.
0: this is how this is why like I think I rewatch the Hobbit way more than I rewatch Lord of the Rings because I cannot with Lord of the Rings it is heavy for me. like I will be depressed in like a weird way for a few days afterwards. And the Hobbit just makes me feel really good, despite the ending. So I think I think that's why that's like the distinguishing factor for me.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, maybe that's why I didn't appreciate this when I first saw it. It's because the tone. I mean, yes, yeah, Lord of the Rings is, has some has some humor in it, sure. But yeah, it is it is fucking heavy, man. So maybe I just didn't appreciate the light tone of this. Cause yeah, there's some legitimate jokes and it's more it's more fun. Um Well
0: that's what Middle Earth is to me though. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. well we'll talk about it later.
3: Moving <laughs> on. I guess to me, Middle Earth is just nothing but Lord of the Rings. For me, you know, a guy who hasn't read the books who just knows the movies. Lord of the Rings to me is just like death and destruction and like these epic quests, not like this fun, freewheeling, cheese-eating stuff that we see here in the Hobbit. So, um, I'm enjoying it so far, guys. Uh, Let's let's talk more about this quest. Let's talk about. Let's go to that scene in which they talk about the orcs.
1: Yeah, I love I love this shit. I love the uh, just the dark. The cinematography is wonderful here. The uh, but just yeah, just them talking about. I like Bilbo hearing the orcs, and then uh, this is where it goes, and this is where the, the tone from Lord of the Rings starts pulling in, where it's, you know, we're about to show this really gruesome battle where, like, every fucking dwarf dies, and some dude gets, you know, is, uh, it's, it's heavy.
3: Uh, yeah, because uh, whose head gets chopped off? Thorin's dad, right? Thorin's mm-hmm. grandpa. Thorin's grandpa, yes. sorry. Um, pretty damn gruesome. Uh, was that in the th- in in the theatrical cut?
4: Yep, yes. <laughs> yep.
3: <Yeah. laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I forgot about this. Does it doesn't the, the, the main orc like, like kick it like a soccer ball? Or no he throws it at him and yeah. it rolls down the hill like a soccer ball. I'm watching it now. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> That's insane. But you get more Thor and stuff. You get more of why um, he's very he he wants that revenge on a lot of people. <laughs> And especially this head orc, who he thinks is dead, which we know is who is he's not dead. He just cut off his arm. Uh, what's the lead orc's name? I already I forgot. I should have wrote it down.
1: Azuk. Azog, Azog, Azog. Yeah, Azog.
3: Azog. Um, and I forget because it's been a while since I've seen these movies. Is he the main bad guy, orc through the whole trilogy? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember that being a point now, because like in the Lord of the Rings movies. There was a there was a head orc, I think, in each film, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's smart to have like one lead bad guy orc through the whole trilogy. Um, I think it's a good move. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but this uh, you know head orc and this entire orc sequence. What do you guys think of this, um, Harrison? Why don't you go? Why don't we go to you first?
4: I think it's a smart decision um, because like. <sighs> I hate to do this, but considering another uh, set of high profile prequel movies um, (laughs) that also rely heavily Mm -hmm. on CGI that have a really cool big bad guy in the first one, uh, that guy gets wasted. Like, really. You're talking
2: about Fantastic Beast, right? Yeah, yes, yes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those bastions of high cinema. Um, No, uh, fucking Phantom Menace discards Darth Maul at the end of it, which is a goddamn shame. And yes, stupid, I know. Stupid.
0: stupid, Horrible. Horrible decision. Best character in the Star Wars
4: universe. Yes. And thank God he's not actually dead and is still fucking around. Um, but like, d- disposing of that character is such a massive waste of t- potential. And I'm glad that Jackson, whether intentionally or not, is basically saying like, yeah, that was dumb. We're going to keep our big scary guy around. And that way you've got, like, a menacing presence that you kind of get and get to know through the whole thing.
1: Yeah, and uh, Manu Bennett does a great job uh, mm-hmm. in this role, and I think I have some issues with some of the, you know, use of CGI where practical stuff could have been. But I think for Ozog, I think it works really well, especially now. Like, I think the more I watch it, the more I dig it. And uh, especially, I think, watching the, again, with the appendices, seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff of doing the performance capture, like, how... Uh, like how really into it some actors get like i think monty Bennett dive, dove in full on with it like you know let's go like i'm gonna i'm gonna become this orc and it's, it's awesome
3: uh rocky your thoughts on orzog
2: i think he's fine yeah he's he's well designed um he has a definitely a distinct look i mean the the, the white part of him makes him stand out the most but i think it's his height like he's even taller than like his fellow orcs mm-hmm. and so of course he's gonna tower over dwarves so you definitely get like uh, you get a presence there for sure you know and uh, it works it's fine you know i'm not like blown away by it you know but i do think he works you know as a character for sure uh he he definitely looks very menacing when he cuts that head off and throws it at Homeboy Man. You're just like, that is fucking horrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like it just it just looks, you know, very savage, you know. Um he's fine. You know, he's cool.
3: Oh wow, that's the verdict from Rocky. Um Ale, okay. I wanna ask you about this lead orc and also the fact again, another hero moment from Thorin. I'm watching it now in the background. He defended himself against this big bad guy with a fucking log. (laughs) (laughs) He gets this moment like standing up uh, um, above like these carcasses like with the sun shining on him and everybody looking at him and saying oh yeah, he's the king. Look at this badass. Yeah. (laughs) He
2: (laughs) he wields the wood really well.
0: Hooray for monarchy.
3: Yes, he does.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm sure he does. Uh, I'm sure he does Allie. wield the wood yeah t- t- uh, talk yeah, more I about mean, that <laughs> I mean what wielding the wood <laughs> no <laughs> that's where the alt account ha!
4: <laughs> dick arms <laughs>
0: <laughs> Um, I mean they said pretty much everything I wanted to say I'd love like that there's one consistent bad guy and then there's like a bigger bad guy lurking in the literal shadows I fucks with that
3: yeah uh, now, Harrison was going to jump in uh, talking about the monarchy. Um, <laughs> the monarchy? Right. Is that is that what you said, Harrison?
4: Hooray for monarchy. Okay. <laughs> He's the king. Hooray. Monarchies are good.
3: <laughs> Do you have a long paragraph to, to, uh, to talk about that and on that subject? Uh, monarchies are bad.
4: Everybody should vote.
0: Imagine Lord of the Rings being a democracy.
4: Imagine that. Imagine
0: Imagine the United States being a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh!
3: <laughs> got him.
0: Ooh, got dark. Okay, sorry.
3: Uh, so, where are we now? Let's see. They're in the rain. Oh, okay. We're moving up to a troll shore now, aren't we? Uh,
4: Getting
1: close to it. Radagast. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say, sure. um,
3: I just wanted to um, read this one note I had as we talk about Radagast. Um, I wrote down
0: there's Bir- shit in his hair. <laughs> there is shit in his hair. There is shit in his
3: yes, hair. Yes, guys, I was going to say, bird shit guy, <laughs> rabbit sled. <laughs> bird shit I guy, rabbit sled. I love yeah.
0: Radagast, you guys. And, like, another favorite part of mine of this particular film is Sebastian.
1: So cute. Oh my we, God. Stand. we stand. We stan. We stand.
0: Sebastian. Like, favorite character through into through.
4: we have no choice but to stand sebastian the hedgehog i <laughs> i i straight up forgot sebastian lives through this and i got very sad
0: <laughs> yeah he does live through this he does live i wish we would have gone more <laughs> more sebastian the hedgehog <laughs> <laughs> got a name and everything
3: i yeah. what did did I miss that? In this half, is does he have a name? I just missed it. What? Why? Why does he have a name? He
0: goes. Oh, Se- oh no, Sebastian. Oh, or some shit.
3: okay. He says that. Okay.
0: Or something. He blurs. Yeah, knows, knows,
1: the, knows them all by name.
3: Okay. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I remember that now. I
1: thought maybe he played an important
3: role in like later on in the <laughs> the trilogy. It goes.
4: Well, on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait. I'm sorry. I need to. I need to. Chime in here really quick. We forgot like my favorite fucking in joke of the entire goddamn movie. Uh, when they're uh when Bilbo is riding with Gandalf and like just talking, he's like, "So are there others like you?" And they're like talking about the wizards and Bilbo. And Bilbo asks Gandalf what the name of what the names of the blue wizards are, and he doesn't fucking know.
1: (laughs) I forgot their names. (laughs) It's so
4: good. No one knows who the blue wizards are, and no one gives a fuck.
3: (laughs) Now, as to, you know, uh, speaking as somebody who does not know what the fuck you're talking about, Harrison, why is that funny? (laughs) Because
4: the only wizards people give a shit about in the Lord of the Rings universe are the ones that do stuff. Uh, so you've got, you got Gandalf, you got Saruman, and you got Radagast. Because they're kicking around actually kind of doing shit. But there's two other Maiar that are just called the Blue Wizards. Nobody talks about them. Nobody talks about them. No one talks about them because they don't do shit. (laughs) I'm probably going to get hate for that, but no one gives a fuck about the Blue Wizards. If I get Blue Wizard hate, I'll count that as a win.
0: (laughs) You literally don't even hear about them ever. They're they're only mentioned, like, twice.
1: You know, there's Nazis and they're going to debate, you know, uh, the uh, marketplace of ideas. Like, that's, that's who these wizards are.
4: <laughs> wow. They are, the, some, they, are,
3: they are centrist wizards.
4: <laughs> got
3: some hot takes flying around on blue wizards. Jesus. Rocky, you have any hot takes on blue wizards?
2: Nah. <laughs> Perfect.
4: Perfect. Oh, please. Rocky has all the opinions on fucking warlocks. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, all. I'm sure that's a Destiny in-joke <laughs> that I don't know it, about. It is. Okay, good. Had to bring in Destiny. Had had to get it in. Had to get it in there. Um, more on Radagast. Um, the fuck's this deal, man? It's just... A, uh, okay, I... I, I I'm, He's a nature uh, wizard. What more no, do you want? No no, 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 listen. I remember now... Um, again, th- this is all bringing back memories I have apparently locked away in my brain for the last what, seven years? Seven um, years, yeah. Yeah, seven years. God, six. Um, I remember not liking this portion of the movie. <laughs> it was way too weird for me. Um, But I don't know. Like, I I, I vibe with it now. I do. It's it's weird in I a good way. I vibe with it. I vibe with it. I vibe with Radagast. Um, I vibe with the Nature Wizard.
0: <laughs> I really vibe with Radagast. Maybe it's
1: because we've just gotten such a... Maybe it's because we... The, the current state of... Big movies of just like not being weird and being, you know. Yeah, that's, so it's like now it's like, you know, fucking bird shit in his head and he's got, he rides a sleigh of rabbits. Like, let's go.
3: I mean, do the I rabbits would...
0: have horns?
3: Do rabbits have horns? Wait.
0: Do they have horns in this particular movie?
3: I don't uh, think, I don't,
4: these, uh, his hairs do not, no. No, nah, they're, they're not jackalopes. I couldn't yeah.
0: remember. I'm sorry. Forgive me.
3: Are jackalopes <laughs> real? <laughs> Who's to say? In,
2: in my heart.
3: <laughs> um but I, 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 I'm assuming everybody here likes Radagast, right?
2: Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's fine? from okay. doc- right. He's from the Doctor Who universe, you know? Like how can you hate that? Um I forget the actor's name, Sylvester or something or other? McCoy um,
4: McCoy, thank you. Um, wait, seriously?
2: Yeah He's one of the doctors.
4: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, the doctor. the I did
4: hat. not know I did not know this. <laughs> That's cool.
2: Yeah, he, he's just got a big, goofy heart, naturally. And I think he's very well cast. And if you watch any interviews with him outside of this, you're like, yeah, you're a big kid. Like, you're totally, like, a big kid. And I think he's, like, perfectly cast as this character. Again, back to what we were saying earlier, like, the casting of all of this is magic. Like, they really got it right again, you know? Uh, that's the craziest shit in the world. But Radagast is fine. Like, he's... he's you know, definitely the weird nature dude, and I don't know why he doesn't have any weed. And fucking Gandalf had to hook him up. That was
4: fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> but he does shrooms, right? Yeah, yeah. There you go. He's probably more of a he, he mushroom. Gra- head. He, he yeah.
4: graduated from weed quite a while ago. <laughs> there you go.
2: Uh, well said. I stand corrected. But I love him. I, I I love his character. I mean, right away you could tell that he cares about all his little woodland creatures. And uh, he knows something's amiss, and he's down to help. He even leads the pack of orcs away from our heroes. Like, how can you fucking hate Radagast? He's great.
3: Yeah, one note I wrote down is pot smoking. So, yes. Uh, In a kid's movie, for God's (laughs) sakes. God
1: damn Pot. Come on. Well, they're constantly fucking talking about uh, the weed and, you know, the...
3: the yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm just saying this movie should have been rated R, guys. I mean the 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 de- the, the decapitated head is a soccer ball. I
4: mean smoking. we get there by the end of this trilogy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the
3: extended, the extended cut which of is the extended battle, Yeah, a five armies is rated R. Let's talk about the trolls.
0: Is it really?
1: Yeah, the extended uh, the battle extended, of five armies is R because of that one scene. The uh, with the uh, we'll talk about it later, but yeah, I I one scene no they got rated idea. R. Yeah.
3: Pretty That's amazing. that hardcore sex scene, right, Sam? Yes, exactly.
0: Hell yeah, hot dwarves! <laughs> oh, so many, so many.
3: The trolls. Now, if if this is maybe the only thing I knew about the book that was in this movie is this. This troll is sense. yeah. This
1: is this sequence is very much I think in the culture. It's like I think anyone knows about that. Like, and this is the one that always stuck in my brain from. Uh, being a kid, this one, and obviously uh, Gollum, which we'll talk about in part two. But uh, and I think I think it's great, even though it didn't line up. This scene didn't really line up exactly with how I had always pictured it, but that's okay. Uh, it's goofy. The trolls are funny. I don't know. It's gross. I, I like it. <laughs> it's gross.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, that's why. Because like um, they they literally use um, uh, uh, what's his name, Bilbo it's not portal all over him mm-hmm. yeah. um, again something I maybe initially thought, initially thought was like super weird and why but I'm like yeah no again going back to your point Sam maybe it's because I'm just so deprived of weird stuff in blockbuster movies nowadays yeah, I can appreciate when someone like Peter Jackson put some weird shit in, the, in a movie um, let's go to Rocky. Rocky your thoughts on this troll sequence
2: I like it a lot. I I like all three characters and how um, how British they sound, you know, like how like really, really guttural, like British, like poor people kind of like, you know, hood type shit. And I love the way they sound so much. Like there's the idiots, you know, there's the one that's smarter than all of them, but he's still an idiot, you know, like there's the dynamic there that you get right away. But then I really love the scale of it all. I like how like the special effects work for me in this. Like I know that there are three digital characters that shot their sequences separately. And then, you know, you got Freeman running around like trying to get the ponies out of of danger. But then like once the dwarves come into frame and try to save the day, it's kind of like nonstop excellent special effects. And that's one thing I really got from this third viewing was like, this sequence is insane. Cause you got like three really tall, uh, you know, trolls, and then you have all these little ass dudes like coming in, wrecking and kicking ass, uh, and it's all in frame and it all looks to scale. It all looks just right. Uh, big fan of that scene, and plus it ties into like what Samwise tells Frodo. You know, look, it's Bilbo's trolls. You know, like I really mm-hmm. like I really like that because even if you've never read The Hobbit, you have at least that connective tissue to the sequence, and. Um, even if there was no connective like you know uh, a, a thread there i think it still works i think it looks glorious like I, I really like the look of that sequence even when it's shot like in a nighttime sun's about to come up kind of setting like i, I really dig it man and of course gandalf cracks a rock in half i mean what the fuck man? That's, <laughs> that, that's punk rock man that's just one of those like Ugh! it's like huge too so yeah loved it loved it big big fan of that sequence
3: uh ally your thoughts and like how um sort of compares for you to the book
0: well as soon as the scene came on screen i got really fucking excited because i knew what it was and also because of the lord of the rings connection um i'm gonna oh god i'm gonna piss off harrison if i say this
4: too oh but god whatever. do it
0: <laughs> i enjoy oh my gosh do i though i think i enjoy these movies more than i enjoy the book because seeing these things like through peter jackson's eyes is just so much better than anything i could have ever come up with in my own head you know what i mean <laughs>
4: Yeah. That's a fucking wild take. Jesus Christ. I know, it's so
0: wild, but it's true. I just love these movies so much, you guys. I don't know I mean, if that's it's like... that's
4: okay. It's all right to be wrong sometimes.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck you. Here's, here's where I want to talk about it, <laughs> since we're here and uh, on the subject. Can we even... Let's just start with this first half of this first movie, even. Um, how much they've added in from the book because how long is the book because that that's what i kept hearing and when it was initially announced wasn't it even two movies to start with
1: it was two yeah it's like 300 pages i
3: think yeah, yeah it's
0: very short and um i know people don't like that they added a bunch of shit to make it to make more money essentially yeah. but um and this is just pretty general and we'll talk about it more later but i like that it's three movies because it plays out like a three act play and a lot of people also didn't like how the third one starts because it kind of just throws you into something but again like it's supposed to play out like a three-act play so i do really like that and i like the stuff that they added frankly i liked toriel a lot
1: no she wrecks and she she, yeah and it honestly we needed her because there are no women in this thing like even they even have to add galadriel like that's you know they if they they hadn't done either of those things. It's, like, literally just, what, Bard's kids. Like, that's it. <laughs> like, so, and I think Taria, Evangeline Lilly is great. We'll get to her later. But, like, I for overall, uh, I don't know. I loved all the stuff they added. And I love the fact that we get... I get that, you know, there's some bloat. But, honestly, I love all of the weird, you know, the explorations into the stuff that's not even in the books. Like, it's in... in uh his extra stuff uh like the
0: romance between her and keely is not right or
1: or even just like all the uh necromancer shit like i think that that gets fucking awesome fantasy shit you know Mm -hmm. i'm a sucker for it
3: so so i guess in this first half that necromancer stuff for sure is an addition right yes Okay.
4: It is it is kicking around the perimeter of the book. It's never actually explicitly talked about. But like when Gandalf fucks off after like about the halfway point, he's that is what he's doing. He is going and sorting out the necromancer shit. Uh, and like they added in stuff because of like it's stuff that's in the Cimmerillion and stuff that's in like Tolkien's compiled notes and the mm-hmm. histories of Middle Earth. So it's stuff that is happening around this time period. Um, it's just uh it's just not in the actual text of the book, and people that haven't read everything uh, assume it got added in and, like, like made up,
1: kind of, but that's oh, not how yeah. this
4: works.
1: No, it's... Philippa Boynes is not going to do that. She's not going to throw in some made-up shit, like, just for... Right. I mean, some of... I, mean, I think Tario's completely made up, right? Yes. Okay, but that works... I think that... Honestly, that works for me, but the rest of the stuff, like, I, like she's not going to yeah. just insert... Shit, that's just because it's cool. If well, not,
4: uh, well, <laughs> well, some of it. Okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> Wait, I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't.
3: Mm, I wouldn't go. We'll talk about Battle of Five okay. Armies when we talk about Battle of Five Armies. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, but, but so far, guys, oh, I mean, Raku, do you have any points to make about this? About it being expanded on from the original book?
2: Eh, it is what it is. Like, I mean, I, I understand why they stretched it out to a trilogy. I mean, The original one is a trilogy. You kind of want to stay consistent in that regard. But it is weird that you're stretching out such a small thing into a trilogy. I mean, two big ass films at most. You know what I mean? That's pretty much like all you need for the most part. But I don't know. Like, it's it's fine. It's one of those things where it's fine. Like, I mean, I'm not super pissed off at it, you know it's my kind of filmmaking like i really love special effect you know adventure driven stuff so th- this is one of those like that's all it is like from front to back you know um so yeah I'm, I'm not as pissed off as everyone else but i can fully understand the complaint like i truly can because it's it's weird as fuck i mean this book is small like it's so small so w- weird to do but they do things uh, throughout it though that kind of like um Shock the hell out of me and make me happy, you know. So it's a mixed bag of nuts, but overall positive for me. But man, it's weird.
3: Um, kind of circling back now to Harrison because I want a straight yeah. answer from you, buddy. Um, I mean, the expansion oh, and and but you did say it's not without purpose. They're not just making stuff up, right? Right. Um, right. Overall, what do you think of it being I- expanded to three movies? <laughs>
4: I think there's some shit that can go most assuredly. Um, and a lot of my, mm, but I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it was feasible for, for them to do three, two, three and a half hour movies. Um, Cause that would end up what it would be. That's what it would have to be. Right. You would have to make the, like if it was two, they'd have to be exceptionally long to fit in all the stuff that was required. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doing it in three movies gives everything a little bit more time to breathe. Um, But also it makes for, there's some weird tonal stuff in desolation of Smaug because of the, like the cut and like where it's supposed to end and everything. Um, but generally, I'm pretty okay with a lot of the stuff they added because it is like, it is cool to see the White Council dealing with the Necromancer and see all that stuff in the periphery start kicking around, and you know where it's gonna go. So,
3: gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, because I I forgot completely about this Necromancer business. And, hey, speaking of which, I think... Oh, well, no, before before then, I want to talk real quick about them going in the cave and finding the swords. Swords? Swords. And, um, <laughs> you know, Stink showing up, although it's not named yet. Um, I actually forget when it's named. We'll get to that. In the second one. Yeah, in the second one. Um, but yeah, it's a quick moment. Um... I mean, do we really have to say much about it? Anybody want to have any? Anybody have quick thoughts about this this scene?
1: Not really the fighting of the sword, but it's the there's a line. It's probably my favorite line in the trilogy of Gandalf saying, you know, true courage is not is not knowing when to take a life, but when to spare one, which is very important to the even to the next, you know, to the whole series. So it's also just you know. It brings in the shore uh, music of anytime time he talks to a hobbit, and that, mm-hmm. you know, makes me misty-eyed, so, uh, yeah, it's a good, good line. There you go.
3: Good line. And then we meet back with, um, uh, hey, Radagast comes in to the picture, mm. and uh, <laughs> what is it, Harrison? <laughs> so... These are the kind of sequences I have
4: issues with. Like, Radagast showing up and being like, yo, we got problems, is fine. But then the fucking... Them getting to Rivendell, it feels like, to me, is so long and protracted. And it's just like... Or am I skipping a little no, bit? Wait, no, this, this no. is, and, and, right. this, is yeah. a, this is a long sequence. I like Radagast oh. in Dol Guldur. I like that a lot. That is important. Um, I don't like how they're basically like, let's have Radagast ride around in circles while we hop from rock to rock. I'm like,
1: all
3: right.
4: Ooh.
1: Yeah, this... Uh, the, the, yeah, the, the, I'll give you... Go ahead, no, ahead Marcel. No, no, I was, I was
3: going to say, yes, the, the, this, this... We'll talk about this whole sequence, because, yes, it starts with the Radagast coming in saying, we have a problem with a necromancer, and it goes into them escaping and then being saved by the elves and going to Riverdale. This, this is about this whole thing. Overall, Riverdale. I, yeah, Riverdale. <laughs> uh, overall... No. no. Rivendale. Rivendale. I wrote it down. Like
4: the Not fucking the computers. God the damn computers. it. computers.
3: Rivendale.
4: Riven, like the river. Uh, no, Riven. 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 River. But the long with a long R. River. <laughs> Riven. Dell, like the computer that shitty companies buy.
3: I wrote it Dell. down. Riven. Dell. Riven. S- Dell. I can. Which so was ri-
4: made up for this film, right? <laughs> I yeah, like so Riverdale better. So Riverdale. Call let's cut it, it Riverdale.
3: Let's cut it Riverdale.
4: <laughs> so Frodo joins a prize fighting ring after he spends some time in prison.
3: Is that what happens on the show? Uh, don't that it's, show is no.
4: wild. That man. Show's insane, isn't
3: it? I just, I just keep yeah. seeing like memes of it and like you know corpses being talked to and weird <laughs> Twin Peaks shit. Yep. Anyway, um yes. Yeah, so let's talk. Let's talk about this whole sequence. I'll just say real quick. I enjoyed this, and I I understand where you are coming from, Harrison. There's a lot of running around and them, you know, skipping through rocks and whatever. But ah, uh, it brings me back to the Lord of the Rings imagery, and I'm fond of this, like uh, a nice you know, sweeping camera angles, and you know, them r- running through the, the 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 New Zealand countryside. I love it i'm gonna say that i love the sequence so that's my take harrison uh take it <laughs> i just think it's boring <laughs> god damn it let's go around um ella your thoughts on this whole sequence leading up them to going to hold on rivendell Thank
0: you. I also think it's boring. You think it's
4: boring? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why? <laughs> it's not boring. <laughs> uh, Get wrecked, scrubs. <laughs> Allie agrees with me. We're done. This project's a success. <laughs> I got Allie to trash the Hobbit. We're gonna stop recording. We're done. We're
0: overselling. I trashed a sequence in the Hobbit. Doesn't
1: matter. Give me an inch, I'll take a mile. <sighs> what I what I'll say is I like each individual Art. i just think it is it is a little but honestly anytime i start thinking about the structure of these movies yeah there's issues yeah there's but i again i mentioned this in the last one i can't think objectively about it and i wouldn't want to boring
3: rocky uh, i think i think you're the tiebreaker what do you think
2: I think it works just fine. Um, I, I like returning to this place. I think it's beautiful. I also think it's really funny that Hugo Weaving rolls up and he's just like, uh, yeah, we're just hunting a bunch of orcs. What's, what's good with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I really like all that stuff. Um, and also in the extended version, you get another song sung by James Nesbitt. And I really dig that um, it, because it adds to the whole like um, very jovial more playful nature that this story should have, you know? It does toggle this fine line of like we're we're super serious Lord of the Rings mode. But then there's like this like, nah, it's it's cute, fun, lighthearted shit. And even in the way, I, I want you to rewatch this scene too, if you can, the ones who find it boring. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I like Hugo in this, because Hugo the entire time is very bright and very like up. You know, he's like, hey, what's up? And then he's like, hey, you were meant to be here, man. We got the moon on this day. This is fucking cool, you know? Like He's being super, like, nice, you know? He's like a, a genuinely great host, you know? He's cleaning the lands of orcs, and he comes home, and he's just like, hey, let's yeah. eat. You know, let's no, eat some like- salads. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> and Brett
4: McKenzie, no,
1: no, no. Like, and like Brett McKenzie stuff. showed up again.
4: Yeah, fly to the Concord's. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's the, it's the shit, like... It is once they once they get to Rivendell, it's interesting again. It yeah. is literally just watching them bounce around the rocks is super just, uh, shitty and boring.
3: Just to make it super clear, I think uh, when we're saying what's boring, and what's not boring, it's the stuff right before they get to Rivendell. It's the yeah. stuff on the rocks and them, you know, jumping into that hole in the ground. Okay, forgive me. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: That, that stuff right there is fine. It, it's just an action sequence. Who cares? Like, it, it doesn't like floor me. It's not like it doesn't like blow me away or anything. But it's like. Again, what I said earlier, I like the fact that Radagast pulls them away, I like how he's such a team player. You know, it makes me like him like even more cuz he barely knows these fuckers and he's like, "Oh no, your quest is noble, so let me help you." You know, that's really cool. But I don't know. Like just the way they fucking slay the orcs and give away their position and like it, it's all staged pretty well, all things considered. I don't know about the fucking weird slide tunnel.
4: They found, but whatever. Yeah. whatever. It's it's, it's
3: very convenient. What can I say?
4: There are are some... This is where, like, some weird inconsistencies for me start to show up. Like, um, slide tunnel? Question mark. Weird. No. Um, (laughs) But also, like, orcs can't travel in broad daylight? Is that true? Yes. Orcs cannot travel in broad daylight, which is why... Uh, Mount Doom had to erupt it during Return of the King to spread that fucking cloud out there. Huh? Oh. Holy fuck! The orcs, wow. the orcs are specifically designed by Saruman to be able to travel during the daylight, Daytime. which is which That's... is
1: why there's such a threat. It the was heavily that cloudy the... that day. It's <laughs> not.
4: It's bright and sunny. <laughs>
3: I'm I'm watching it now, Sam. I have to say yes. Yeah, I know. I mean, so I'm just, just like, I'm how just, do you, I know
4: <laughs> how how do you fuck that up? Like just make it overcast. It's not that
3: hard. I don't know, man. CG yeah. some
4: fucking clouds in there.
3: I, I I I didn't know coming in that that was a thing. So now I just think this movie's shit. So thanks, Harrison. So <laughs> <sighs>
4: that's what I'm here for. This
0: is the real reason he has a problem with the Hobbit.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is the one big problem. I'm I'm not going to. What we that. talk about when we talk about Hobbits? Okay, let's talk about Rivendell. Okay. And it's around this point, it's the halfway point in the movie, it's when we're going to, you know, uh, uh, stop talking about the movie and then we're, we'll pick it up in the next part. But let's, let's talk about them arriving in Rivendell and meeting up with... Um, you did it again, but okay. Rivendell. <laughs> Del. I, I l- Leave me alone. They no. meet up with Errand, uh, good old Hugo Weaving, like Rocky had mentioned. Um, I... Uh, I, I said earlier, in, in, in a few episodes ago, how Hugo Weaving is the greatest, and seeing him back here again, it's it, it brings me back. It does. Now, real quick, was he added on? I mean, did did he show up in the in the book? Yeah, yeah, he did show up in the book. Okay, good. Yeah, so it makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I uh, let's talk. Let's let's talk about them being in Rivendell. Um,
0: ah, this I fucked with.
3: You fucked yeah. with this one,
0: Alec? Oh yes, oh yes.
2: I like this shit. I like seeing like the dwarves sing their songs. I liked it when Mary and Pip hopped on tables and sung in the original trilogy. Like I-, I like all that stuff. So because it's their world and it's emphasizing like that's what they do. Like you can have this proper, beautiful setting, but when you put the wrong type of people in it, they're gonna act how they act. And there's a good chunk of that in that sequence, you know. Um, but I also love the fact that. Thorin has to put his shit aside because he still has beef with like the elves like all elves and he's just like fuck all these assholes but they're on to something and he needs his assistance and I think that's kind of like one of the many seeds that's planted in his head that like hey all elves aren't bad I had a bad experience in the past with somebody but Hugo is going out of his way to help me Hugo elf I believe is the character's name but i really like that again it's 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 planting all the right seeds the setting is great it reminds you of the original trilogy and how the fellowship was formed all that good stuff i liked it you know period like it's just a really beautiful place you know you want to live there you know you think you can live there forever it feels like right like it's like so enchanting that like it would keep you alive
3: (laughs) like forever uh same your thoughts
1: uh, yeah, I love it, and I love the, uh, like, to go off where Rocky was saying, where Gandalf's kind of saying, like, the only people with ill will here are, you know, or I can't remember the exact line, but, like, that you're bringing the bad blood. Like, th- these guys didn't do anything. They're, you know, like, let's try to be respectful, but also just, and the dwarves' reactions to the, uh, all the green food is, is it's funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm jumping the gun there. Is that later on? But
3: no, that's, yeah, that's. Okay. No, you got yeah, it. We're, cool. yeah. that's we're there, scene. we're
1: there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I like it. Like, uh, makes me miss Andrew Lesney again, uh, cinematographer. Just the way the painterly look. I'm, I'm kind of repeating stuff I've said in the other series, but yeah, love it.
3: Uh, Harrison, uh, Rivendell. <laughs> good
4: shit. Good shit, good shit, good shit, good shit. I love watching dwarves puzzle over uh, lettuce and salads yes, because yes. That, that was me for uh, wh- how old am I 25, 25 years of my life uh, I, d- I don't like vegetables so I associate <laughs> I, I sympathize with them quite heavily
3: <laughs> good to know good to know um, uh, Allie, any last thoughts I know I went to you I, we talked a little bit about Rivendell but we're gonna we're gonna say our final thoughts on this first part of the I- movie
0: I just like seeing the uh, dynamic between the dwarves and the elves <laughs> and how, like, this is why I love dwarves so much. They're just so endearing, despite how f- they're brutes, right? But they, they have hearts of gold, and I think the scene kind of, like, perfectly... Or the scene Harrison was talking about at the dinner table perfectly, like, captures that.
3: Yeah, there you go. And, yeah, that's where we we'll leave it, because um, I think that's a perfect uh, halfway point. So right after... No, at the dinner scene is when we'll stop. Then we'll jump back okay. in right after the dinner scene. So that's about an hour and 34 minutes in, folks. All
4: right. We talk about moon
3: runes next week. Yes, moon runes <laughs> on the next episode.
4: Um, but yeah. I already t- I already talked about it, so we don't have to <laughs> <laughs> um, If you like this episode, tweet it us, hashtag moon runes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 a- hashtag moon runes, moon runes <laughs> hashtag Riverdale, and, and I'll find it. <laughs> Uh, anybody else have any last thoughts on this first part of An Unexpected Journey? Anybody? Nobody. I'm
2: cool with it. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm cool with it. This first half hour hour and a half I meant to say is awesome. Like I think it gets way more right than wrong. Um, It's a good return back to the world. Um, Yeah. I appreciate it way more with the extended cuts and also again this revisit that I had recently. I actually have a, a Uh, I like it more, like, than what I originally did. I think seeing it in high frame rate to begin with is just a little jarring. It's a little weird because you're getting used to that format. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're kind of, you're locked into that high frame rate. And you can't really, like, study it, I guess you could say. You're kind of, like, swept in the special effect. But when you just sit down and chill and, like, is this okay? Is this fine? And I'm like, yeah, this is fine. This is, like, legit... I'm going on an adventure. None of this seems rushed, you know? Like, they staged it just right. They were moving along just right. They're, they're, you know, they're figuring out the pieces of the puzzle they need to push the adventure forward. I'm cool with this. Like, and and I like these characters, too. So that's where I'm at with it. Like, honestly, I'm genuine, genuine opinion. I think this first film and the first hour and a half, really good. It gets me going. I want to finish it. I'm cool with it. Really cool with it.
0: I stand you. (laughs) Yay.
3: Uh, we stand each other. Well, me, not so much Harrison, because of what he said earlier about Howard Shore, but uh, we'll get to I that. never said anything about his <laughs> I, I, wrote I, down, said were- I wrote down mm-hmm. Harrison's wrong about Howard Shore. I can't erase it. I can't. It's in, it's in pen. Uh, any last thoughts from anybody else as we wrap up? Good. Okay. Uh, I, I'm i liking this, guys. Um, more so than my first watch, I'll have to <laughs> say. So... Um, We'll see what happens in the second half of this movie and the remaining trilogy. But we're off to a good start. I like this. I'm glad that we're back. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks. I forget what what we say at the end. Don't I say like um, hey folks why don't you go helm steep in them guts. Bye everybody. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.
0: You can follow me at sick underscore underscore six six or more salacious content over at the blurbitch underscore underscore and you can listen to my podcast sequels S-E-E-Q-U-E-L-S through Talk Film Society or anywhere you hear your
1: podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at SamShotFirst and I'm the host of Talk Film Society's Keanu Reeves retrospective podcast, Keanu Believe It, which is also on Twitter at Keanu Believe It.
4: You can follow me on Twitter at play underscore champion. And I also host a Disney podcast called dream a little deeper.
2: Follow me on Twitter, Rocky warrants, R O C K I E W A R A N T Z. And because of this, uh, gross pandemic, I've been doing a whole bunch of gaming. So I'm also on Twitch. So rock, Agus on Twitch, if you want to watch me game and come hang out.
3: And you can follow me on Twitter at Marcelo J Pico. And you can follow Talk Film Society at Talk Film SOC. Go to our website, talkfilmsociety.com. Listen to our other podcasts, read our articles. And if you want to hear bonus episodes of this show and others, go to patreoncom talkfilmsociety. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode where we cover part two of The Hobbit, an unexpected journey.